This episode of Manage Smarter is presented by Sales Fuel Consulting, leading experts for assessing and transforming management, sales, culture, and team performance. Learn more at salesfuel.com. Welcome to the Manage Smarter Podcast with hosts C. Lee Smith and Audrey Strong. We're glad you're here for discussions on new ways to manage smarter, hire, develop, and retain talent, improve results, and propel team performance to new heights. This is the Manage Smarter Podcast. Welcome to the Manage Smarter Podcast, everyone. We're so pleased that you've joined us today. My name is Audrey Strong. I'm the Vice President of Communications here at SalesFuel. And I'm C. Lee Smith, the President and CEO of SalesFuel. You know, if you've ever thought about instead of managing other people or you yourself working for someone else and being managed, managing up, managing down, whatever you are in the food chain and you want to go out on your own, Joe Williams is the man for you. He's got some amazing ideas and solutions about doing that, but in a very specific way. Hi, Joe. Hey, how are you guys? Doing great. great. Awesome. Thanks for having me on. Tell people a little bit about you. Joe Williams, the founder of Creative Performance Group, where he helps people get their message out to the world in the most powerful way possible. He's created the Master Your Message Bootcamp, an intensive training that he's created, uh, hundreds of other successful speakers, coaches, consultants, and authors. You do live events, consulting. He does it all, corporate programs. And Joe also leads the Impact Entrepreneur Group, a high-end mentorship program for professional speakers, coaches, and consultants. The new book, you can get it free on his website, which is joewilliamsonline.com. I got my free copy, so everybody- I got mine. (laughs) It focuses on how to master your message, communicate it powerfully, and scale it into what's called an impact business. That's what we're going to learn about today, everybody. What's an impact business? It liberates you from slaving away, building someone else's dream, and instead gets you working on your own legacy, which is exactly what you did, Joe. So welcome. Oh, thank you guys so much. Well, I got to live up to that, uh, that introduction now, so <laughs> this should be a lot of fun. <laughs> All right. So the impact business, why yeah. should I do it? What's the first step? Well, so by way of a little bit of background, you know, I started very early in life, first and foremost. I never planned uh, to, to be end up in this world of speaking, coaching, consulting. First of all, when we say impact business, to me, that boils down to anything inside the realm of speaking, training, your own events, things like that. Secondly, coaching or mentoring. Business coaching, life coaching could fit into that. Mentoring to me is when you study with someone who has done it. They have not just learned a system for coaching you. They have done the thing you want to do. So most of the work I do with my clients is, is mentoring work. And then the third thing would be consulting corporate training, corporate consulting, and and everything inside of that. So um, I did not start out into that business. I started out very young, though, uh, for a weird twist of events. My parents got put in uh, prison for tax evasion when I was 16 years old. So I was out on my own from a really young age. And for a while, I just kind of, I stumbled from thing to thing. I got into sales. I had some early success, got lucky. And I got lucky enough to invest into the telecom industry in the early 90s when I was in my early 20s. I Founded a company. We went public in 96 when I was 26 years old. And I immediately realized, though, this is the point for your audience. I immediately realized I did not have the nature to run a company even of that size. And, you know, to be clear, I also had a lot of wind at my back. This was 1996, 7, 8. I was one of those young wonderkin CEOs, you know, that you heard about at that time. So I took a, I decided to take a year off. I, I, first of all, I extrapolated myself from the company. I sold out of the company. I got free of it because I was, frankly, not a very good manager. And so I was going to take a year off. And during that time, a couple of things happened. A friend of mine asked me to come and speak for him. And I begrudgingly did it because I hated public speaking. I'd grown up in the shadow (laughs) of a father who was a minister. And so I was the back of the room guy, not the front. 
And so I had to kind of go through the process of learning what I've since come to call the master skill of leadership. And for those of you listening, that's really the payoff here at it today. I mean, the ability to be able to move an audience, to move people on video, uh, in whether it's a corporate presentation, whether it's your team, uh, whether it's your family or it's in your community, the ability to command a message that moves people's souls, communicate it powerfully in such a way that it causes them to do something differently in their life. I kind of consider that the master skill of leadership. And so right at that same time in 98, my good friend, Tony Robbins asked me to come and speak for him, which I did for quite a number of years. I was one of his top trainers, 2013, I burnt myself out 200 nights a year away on the road and decided to come completely off the road and just work with people who wanted to either A, up their game uh, as business owners, as key employees inside of their, their career path forward, or people, as you said, who wanted to actually get out and do a speaking, coaching, consulting impact type business. Had a so message you, they want to share. Go for you it. You broke away from Tony Robbins then. So how are you different than Tony Robbins? What did you do to differentiate yourself? Well, you know, quite frankly, we were always very different. Uh, it was by, that was by design. Uh, from the first time that I spoke for him, he and I always had this agreement that he would say, look, Joe, I'm not going to reach everybody. I need someone who has a different style and owns themselves in a different way. Obviously, people are going to see my influence on your communication style, which you probably can see here, obviously. I spent 20 years around the guy, so some rubs off for sure. But one of the main things that I, I always was looking for is, uh, you know, I was early into this whole world of speaking, coaching, consult. I did all of it. Uh, for a period of time, I found out I have a weird ability to teach aerospace engineers, for instance, how to speak and give presentations. And so Boeing, Lockheed, companies like that would bring me in to train their engineers. And so I always had this secondary thing. What I did with Tony was always kind of the smallest part of my year, frankly. Uh, and so when I decided to break away, it was just doing more of what I already knew was possible. I'd been running my speaker boot camp at that point for about 15 years as a hobby. Once a year, I ran it with 20 people. And, uh, and so I just figured, well, we'll do more of those and we'll build things out. As I got into it, though, guys, I think, that, you know, to the introduction that you gave me, I found that people, yeah, gosh, 40s and 50s primarily, a lot of us hit a period of time where we go, is this all there is? Mm -hmm. Like I may be yeah. successful in my career, but I wanna, I wanna change lives. I wanna look into people's eyes and feel the contribution that I am. And so it leads them to say, well, should I speak? Should I teach? Should I whatever? They don't understand how the business is done yet. That had been my whole world. I've done literally every single thing that I teach people to do. So it made sense to start allowing people to kind of free themselves from just phoning in another 10 or 15 years until retirement. You know, most of us, we got, you know, 50 years old. I turned 50 next month. We got gas left in the tank. I'm not going anywhere. Anytime <laughs> soon. I'm not looking to wind down toward retirement. I think a lot of people in our age range are very much that way. You know, I think that that's sad. One of the forgotten generations here that is starting to step into its power. Uh, and so anyway, that's, that's, that's really the essence of, of the mission of what we do now. So for, for so uh, we might have listeners like their ears are going, bing, bing, you know, perking up. Okay, I I get it. I'm down with it. I think this might be something I'm interested in doing. The before we get into more of the particulars of it, the question I said to Lee when we were doing show prep is, what's the ROI of an impact business by having messages and a model that is more meaningful to other people? Is it easier to get referrals coming in because your business relationships are more high quality and you're just, it's easier? 
1,000%. Or as I said, you know, uh, Joe, is like, how do you make sure you don't end up in a van down by the river? Yeah, no kidding, huh? That's the (laughs) ultimate thing I think all of us move away from in this business is, you know, I mean, Chris Farley went down in history with that one thing. (laughs) So, yeah. So, a couple of things. A. Why do it? One of the biggest, well, why do it? What it normally comes down to is that it's not a monetary play for most people in the beginning. Uh, it is a play of, I'm called, I've got something. There's something I'm supposed to do, and I don't know what it is. I don't know what it looks like. I don't even know what my message is. Well, that's our starting point, is let's find you a message of mastery, as we call it, that moves people emotionally, and let's dial that in. Stories, your life story, your experiences, your passions, uh, that factors into finding a message. Also, what are the, if you're going to be teaching people to do things, what are the results you can help people get? And we blend all that together into a message. And then look at how can you communicate it powerfully? So you're a great speaker, you're a great presenter, you're a great communicator when you go out there. And then to your point, when you go to scale it into a business, how do you scale into a business? What I realized was, because of all the stuff that I've done, there's only 15 ways to monetize a message, meaning speaking, coaching, online products, consulting, training, your own events sponsorship dollars. I'm one of the early adopters in the world of getting corporate sponsors uh, to pay for events where then you offset the cost of participants. Mm -hmm. As far as your point of ROI of how you monetize it, it literally is up to our imagination and creativity as to how to do that. Uh, Here's what I'm not a fan of. I'm not a fan of going out and, and, and undervaluing yourself, giving away your expertise, your coaching and so forth for free or for a very low cost. A lot of people have made that mistake and it ends up burning them out. I believe that all, you know, the financial relationships in type, inside of a business like this got to be win-win. They got to be, it sounds cliche, but it's so true. Um, I mean, if you don't value yourself, then why should I value you? And why, exactly should I, why should I ever write you a check? Well, and I think most of us in this field have also found in the last five years, <laughs> the golden secret that I knew all along because of working with Tony and others, which was higher ticket premium fee clients, A, tend to do and implement what you tell them. You give your stuff away for free, don't be surprised if nobody ever does anything with it because they don't value it. Two, they, they're the easiest clients to deal with. Uh, almost you know, conversely <laughs> to, to logic, the more people pay to be part of something, the more they invest into it, mm-hmm. time and effort and so forth, the more they implement, the more they're committed to results, the more they stay creative, the less they complain. Uh, the interesting statistic about our business, we have never had a refund in the history of our company. Wow. We've never had one refund, which I guess you could say either is saying something about what we do or it's the nature of our client selection, which is the way I like to look at it to your question, Lee. Interesting. So there are four levels of communicators. Yeah. Can you detail what those are so our listeners can maybe say, oh, I know which one I am? Absolutely. So the most basic level, and you know, any of us that have ever worked in a corporation, real familiar with this one, it's what I call a soundtrack presenter. In other words, it's a person that, spends all their time dialing in their PowerPoint and whatever visual aids, or they memorize a script and stand up and read it. And they become nothing more than a soundtrack to the script or to the big glowing screen in the front of the room <laughs> that has their PowerPoint. They read off of it. Their oh, people goal is, hate being read to off PowerPoint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And at soundtrack, the goal is, dear God, please let me get through this without losing my job or my lunch. One of the two. So a bump <laughs> up for there is when a person goes, no, I'm going to put in the time. I'm going to rehearse. I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to work this. There they kind of become what I call a presenter performer. You can mm-hmm. almost think of it like a stage performer. They memorize a script. They practice it. They rehearse it just like a stage performer does. 
And so they, they have a little bit better presentation. But it's still a very inwardly focused thing. It's still concerned with, dear God, let me get through this and, and, and not look like a fool. Level three is what I consider the, the, the real goal. And that is to become what I call a world-class communicator. And that is where you know how to move people emotionally to do something differently as a result of the time they've spent with you. One of the things years ago I gave up on was you know, trying to worry about how to get a you know, standing ovation and things like that. It doesn't matter. What matters is that people change what they do, not just their thinking, but their actions as a result of the time they spent with me. That's level three. Level four, I would consider that a world-class leader. Those are some of the people uh, through history we look at who even after their passing, their message is still carried on by others. That's a level four communicator to me. So how do you get their attention or how do you, you know, how do you get them to, I mean, really start paying attention to you right from the get go? What are some of the secrets you use to do that? Super simple at the end of the day. A, got to take a look at you and help you polish off some rough edges. There's no doubt about that. If you were doing something, here's the only mistake I found that a person can ever make as a public communicator in presentations is to do something that causes a breaking connection between them and their audience. So if you say, um, every other word, and it becomes annoying to your audience, that's a distraction. Connection. If you're rocking back and forth, all these things that typically we've always learned, they're really distracting, but more importantly, they break connection. The other side of that coin, though, is little things that we do that maybe we've been beaten up for. We took regular presentation skills training, putting a hand in a pocket occasionally, possibly dropping an um here and there. Those are what make us human. Those are not a problem. Mm -hmm. The real deal is you've got to figure out what your own unique talent, strengths, and abilities are. When you're in your zone as a communicator, at your absolute best, we got to get you there. we got to condition the heck out of it so you know how to go back there from you know, zero in, in three seconds flat. And then really owning your strengths. That's really, I think, to your point, how you get people's attention. More importantly, how you gain the trust and the relationship and the connection to where they will trust you enough to listen to you and then hopefully change as a result. You gotta own yourself, good, the bad, and the ugly. But tapping, tapping into either that pain or tapping into that ambition that that other person has, is there a trick to that? Uh, absolutely. Uh, I have a trick right up front in most of my presentations that I do that I call wound and confess. Wound and confess uh, is just simply where I acknowledge, to your point, the pain, the wound that that audience member is in. I acknowledge it. And then if I can, with integrity, if I can confess that my reason for understanding it deeply is because I've experienced it myself, that now creates that common ground, Lee, like you're, mm -hmm. like you're talking about. It creates the trust. It gets the attention. So, like, I might not be able to, you know, walk up and say, you know, I, I know there's a, let, let, you know, I know there's a real issue here in this room today, guys, and let's all talk about it. And that is, you know, that, that, that your boss – uh, has been physically abusing all of you. Well, I know how that is because I've done that myself. Like, I can't say that. <laughs> Someone can say, hey, you know how, this is how things are when people stand up and give presentations. The mere thought of it causes them to shake in their boots. They get sick to their stomach. They don't want to do it. And so therefore they put it off. They procrastinate. They don't take advantage of the opportunity that people's time and attention is in our life in 2019. As we sit here right now, having people's time and attention, whether it's in a live audience or whether it's on video or whatever, critical. Yeah, it's sacred. You got to be able to bring your best game to it. Well, you got to be able to be vulnerable too, because I think there's some thought out there that if you're going to be up on stage, you know, then people are going to say, well, she's the expert or whatever. She, you know, she can't show that she's somehow inferior or weak or anything like that. I think it's exactly the opposite. Don't it you? is. C completely agree. 1000%. When, when I media train clients, you know, I've media trained from yeah. all my years in television news. Yeah. Yeah. I always tell them, whether I'm training them on crisis or just general messages, 
Don't be afraid of the silence. Don't feel the need to fill the space because generally you blurt out something that you're not supposed to be talking about. And as a reporter, I used to purposely be silent, hoping to get an interviewee to do that. And I think it's always very powerful when there's a speaker that's commanding an audience and they leave these pauses and you could hear a pin drop, you know, because people are just absorbing. I always say storytelling, you know, sometimes the most important thing you can say is nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Right. So if, if somebody sets up an impact business and they join a mastermind group like I have here in Denver and they're, you know, tooling around looking for opportunities to be a speaker or a corporate trainer, or they're trying to build a, a client base. What is the expectation of a timeline for me getting my business up and running in a way that I can afford to? You know, yeah. Well, obviously there's a few variables. Okay. Uh, a, what kind of a contact base do you bring to this endeavor? Because obviously, just like any other business, when you start a business like this, you're going to first and foremost go to your personal contacts. Right. You know, your, your, your network will equal your net worth. And the bigger you net worth, I should say, your network will either your net, equal your net worth. Uh, the bigger you have, the faster it's going to go. You know, most people who want to dig in and go at it full time, you know, usually within three to six months, we can get a real point where they're at least matching whatever earning they were looking for. Uh, and then within a year or two, usually, uh, a focus work, it'd be multiple times, whatever income they were replacing. Could happen more quickly, could happen more slowly. I did it from year one myself personally, but that was back in the 90s and we live in a different time now. But that's a good rule of thumb. Three to six months, you should be to the point that you can replace whatever it is you're looking to replace. A year, two years, you should be amping that up by two, three, four, five, ten times, whatever you want it to be. Wow. So what about some of the pitfalls of trying to build that impact business while you're still working a full-time job? Dude, I'll tell you one big one that I see. Do not mistake the world of speaking, coaching, and consulting with the internet marketing world. Those two worlds have been heavily intermingled in the last 10 years. And I think that people get caught into the traps of thinking, oh, to start a speaking business or a coaching business, I now have to be a funnel expert. Uh, I, I do not subscribe to that at all. Uh, it is like any other business. Like I said, that's a good old fashioned business. You build it through your personal contacts and things like that. People don't get sucked into these worlds of technology and things like that, that they don't know very well. And I think that stops them in their tracks. Lee is a, a big, big mistake. I see a lot of, uh, we had, we had Heather Monahan on the show in year one and, uh, the company that she worked for at the time, full time, did not really care for the idea that she was her own brand and, and that her brand was becoming bigger than their brand. Yes, yes. That is something that you will have to contend with if you're successful. Yeah, the internal politics of it. So yeah. let's talk a little bit. We've got just a few minutes left. Talk a little bit about yeah. your boot camps and schedule and how people sign up and then the free copy of the book that everybody can get. Yeah. So, well, let's start there. Um, and, and you know what? I actually have a surprise that I didn't tell you guys about. Hopefully this is okay That's as well. Right. So... If you go and somebody gets a copy of the book at uh, joewilliamsonline.com, if you go to joewilliamsonline.com and add a slash secrets, just dial in slash secrets, I actually pulled a audio and transcription, kind of a short online program out of mothballs for you guys, but it's about five keys to using presentations in your business to increase your already existing business. So if you own a company, you work for somebody, something like that, it'll be just be some keys to being more effective as a communicator in a little more depth than we have time for here. Um, that's all free. I just put it up because I figured it would be a great thing for your audience as Thank well. Thank you. You get a copy of the book. Um, that's probably a good starting point. Uh, to your point, a couple of times a year, I, we only work with people in either very, very small groups or one-on-one. I do not believe that I can give you a seminar and talk at you about how to become a great speaker. You got to get on your feet. Up, down, up, down, up, down on your part. That's why our events are so intensive. 
I like to limit them now to under 10 people. Uh, we usually do three or four a year. Uh, we do an enormous amount of one-on-one -on -one work though with executives. A lot of times celebrities uh, come to us because they can't go in a corp in a public environment like that. So we do a lot of one-on-one -on -one stuff uh, as well. So that's, and all there's information on all of that. On the how, how many days is the commitment to do Three. That? Three days for okay. the small group event. Yeah, it's not, okay. not a crazy commitment. I also have, I do have an online version of it as well. It takes place over 10 weeks. So there's no travel involved. And it works basically the same way. You shoot videos of doing presentations, send them to me. I send you feedback just like we're at a live event. And they don't have to walk on hot coals. You got it. No, no hot coals in my world. No, no hot coals, no dancing trains, no, uh, no massage breaks in my world. That's totally world not my world. Well, I'll put those hyperlinks in the show notes. So everybody go there and look for that. The secrets link and all that. Joe Williams, you are a delight, sir. Thank you for coming on the show. We appreciate it. Thank you guys so much. And keep up the awesome, awesome mission you got going on here. Thank you much. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and recommend on iTunes, Overcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also get more great information at salesfuel.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>